That was the news. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. You're joined this morning by myself, Lawson. We've got Lyle in the studio as well, getting it done. We've also got producer Shell, who has done such an amazing work. We haven't told you guys that we are currently relocated. Shell, how did that process go? We've gone from one temporary location to another temporary location. (laughs) Yeah, we have moved to Avondale. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Avondale University. Mm-hmm. Lawson is incredibly happy about it. I'm not I'm as stoked. happy about it because now he only has to just... He rolled yeah. out of bed this morning, flopped <laughs> onto the floor, <laughs> crawled 20 metres and was at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, it didn't quite go like that. I didn't have a shower in between that. I'm not, I'm not a complete delinquent. But, but really, like, guys, like, my bedroom is less than 100 metres from where we are sitting right now. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. Because I, I live in the dormitory here at Avondale University. We are on the campus. We're in the basement of the library. And like, legitimately. Like, I, 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 it was it was nothing to get here. I am absolutely We're in a TV stoked. studio. Which, when, th- this is, this, we've come to this point. We've gone from, I was like cycling like almost three hours a day <laughs> to go to work and back to now, uh, now I'm just... You're gonna road. have to you're gonna have to go out and just do some cycling now just yeah, to keep that fitness level that's up. That's right, man. And I'm I'm keen to do it. I've got a I've got a nice bike. I've got there's good roads around here. There's like good cycling spots too. Yes, so there that's is. all good. But in terms of uh, needing to to get on air by seven a.m., like I'm 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 truly living my best life now, guys. And you know, I guess it's a bit of a shoe on the other foot. We we were doing it up towards you your guys' way for a bit, and now down here at Avondale. Living our best life. Hey, let's let's read some text messages. Actually, let's start with that. Let's yeah, why not? Get, let's get into some things that people have sent here. Janelle writes in a happy new year, and then gave an answer for the quiz as well, which I which I won't give. But happy new year to you, Janelle, as well. Bruce and Liz, they write in. Great to hear Lars Boyce on Faith FM this morning. You know, after some hiatus. Uh, blessings to you guys in the new year, and as well to Shell and the Breakfast Team. All of us getting it done here in the studio as well. Sherry wrote in. She says, ah, welcome back. I'm always lost if I don't have the brekkie show to start my day. So, oh, thanks, Sherry. That's a... That's, that's a, very exciting. That's, 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 yeah. It's a nice thing Praise to say God. to us. Praise, Praise God. God. You know, we are... We're glad we're, you're blessed. Ben, i got to say as well, in terms of being lost without the brekkie show, like, just, just... Days just fade into one another without the brekkie show, I find, without, without doing the breakfast show in the morning. I think it's also just, um, uh, like, breakfast show is my work. I'm a student. I've had real time off over the holidays. And, uh, and yeah, days have felt, faded into one another, and it's all been this little blob that has eventually brought us to this morning where we're back into it. Also got a text here from Suzanne. She says, great to hear you back if in 2024, Lawson. Also nice to hear Lars' voice too. Uh, I've been listening to the archived questions of the day segment over the holidays, and I've been really blessed. I hope you, are, you know, I hope be back know, this Thursday to continue in 2024. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be straight back into it. Oh, you're gonna be back into it Thursday afternoon for yes. the for the Shell Show, and uh, we're gonna have Lars' question of the day segment there as well, answering all of your curly ones. And guys, if you have questions for question of the day, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. Send us in all of your most difficult Bible questions because there is not a question that Lyle won't answer. I'm, I'm putting that on him. He will answer every single question you get. Bible in. question. That's right. 
But hey, I just realized that we've got a question for you. We, we didn't get to before reading those text messages. Um, we'll give you right now to give you a chance to get in for our Revive Cafe cookbook that we're giving away on Friday. Lyle, give that one to us. Okay, here comes the question. Get ready to call the text on 0491064669. What was Esther's cousin's name? Mm. Very well attested to by archaeology, by the way. Yeah, wow. Yeah. This person. Mentioned about like 40 times in clay tablets and so forth. Of course, because this, this person, both Esther and... Esther's cousin. cousin was significant. They, that's right. Uh, they they had some prominent in a certain roles. region of the world. That's right. Hey, zero four unmentioned. That's right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, again, that Revive Cafe Cookbook Volume Three, we want to give that to you absolutely for free. So answer, give us answers with the. Well, give us the correct answer, and you'll be put in the draw. But even if you have an incorrect answer, even if you're maybe not sure, just send it in anyway. Just let us know. Let us know how you're doing as well. Got some more text messages coming in. Wow. Okay, we've got this absolutely massive text message from Wayne. I think we'll get that in a, in a later segment. I think we'll, we'll head to our Bible study today. We're going to head to the book of Psalms, and we'll get into just... I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing here from Wayne. This is some... some some, some Bible study that he has sent us. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm just reading it through. It looks pretty cool. But very yeah. interesting. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But what we want to get to is our first Bible study of 2024 in the book of Psalms. Psalms. Bring it on. Movement, Psalms. Getting it done and, and going through. I, I particularly enjoy when the Bible study gets into these books. And, and starts to dig into, like, you, you kind of have two main, with the 20 million movement Bible study, you have two, I, I think, two main styles in which they do it. Either addressing a topic, you know, they'll do family, or they'll do relationships, or they'll do money, stewardship, these kinds of things. Or they'll look at a particular book of the Bible. And the Psalms, I am so keen. I am absolutely keen to get into this. Yeah, well, you're a musician and a singer. Yeah. Exactly. So this is this Poetry. is right up your this is this is up your alley. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh yeah. Psalms yeah. is good. Give <laughs> me Daniel Revelation. Psalms uh, <laughs> is good. No, truly there are some just amazing psalms. Epic psalms. I think the the thing that I love about Psalms so much is it's a reflection of someone's own wrestling with God, but I think also very deeply inspired as well that word wrestling with god is is one that i think today can maybe it, it feels contentious for people Th- there is a word that has come along that's that's kind of put into the wrestling category uh, as of recent and that's the word deconstruction this is an interesting way to take the start of our psalms bible study but yeah i was not expecting this uh, introduction but hear me anyway, out hear okay, me okay, out right, it, it's right. it's deconstruction and it's the idea that oh you know when we consider god we need to break things down and I think often the harm of deconstruction or the issue with deconstruction is not that people want to break things down, but it's that they want to break things down so far that there is then no yes or no kind of binary or objective truth left. They're like, oh, can anything be trusted? Can, can, whereas I think that the Psalms does a type of wrestling that still puts God in his rightful place. The Psalms aren't questioning whether God well, there's often questions like, you know, in Psalms, my God, why have you forsaken me, for example? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't question whether God is God. 
the, the Psalms, no, it doesn't. The Psalms keep God in that place. But it's, for example, one of the Psalmists, one of the prominent Psalmists, David, as he's wrestling with his life, as he's going through the ups and the downs and the turmoils, the question he's asking is not, oh, is God God? But it's, God, where are you? What are you doing here? And it's it's often we find that that, da- that David and, and the psalmist, as they're asking these questions and as they're thinking things through, as they're breaking things down, as they're wrestling, they often come to the conclusion that, wait, God is here. And this is the thing I love about the psalms is, yes, there is a lot of wrestling that goes on, which you might describe as deconstruction. Mm. But it's always followed by construction. Mm. So, for instance, psalms... Uh, 51, which is David's psalm of repentance after he has, you know, raped Bathsheba, murdered a husband, yeah. you know, all kinds of terrible stuff. Mm. Um, you know, he he works his way through that psalm to the conclusion where he is restored with God. Wow. Um, if you take a Asaph's psalm in Psalm 73 where Ooh. he is like, what's going on? Why are the wicked prospering? You know, and he's really hurt on behalf of God that the wicked are prospering, and he and and, and, he's, and there's this whole wrestle, you know, verse after verse after verse. He's just wrestling with God. Why are the wicked prospering? This isn't how it should be. And then he's like, ah, but then I went into the sanctuary, and I understood what would happen to the mm. wicked. You know, and I figured it all out. I understood it. You know, and so yeah, there might be some what we might call deconstruction. I wouldn't really call it deconstruction, but you. Definitely could call it that, but it is always followed by mm, construction. It's powerful. And what we have in our world today is deconstruction without construction. Yeah. And all that produces is rubble. <laughs> and brokenness. Yes, that's right. This is, and this is what we see in, in people's lives and people who put that, themselves in those positions to say that, oh, look, you know, I've, I've knocked the house down. I don't want to build it again. And, and usually they're left broken. But God is all about restoration. And that's what we see through the Psalms. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. One of my favorite psalms. Now, now we're just getting into favorite psalms. I, I, I love where this is starting. I, I, I really, because I feel so passionate about this. I love these so much. One of my favorites, Psalm 127. It starts off with the famous words, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, or those who build it labor in vain. The watchman stays awake in vain. Uh, sorry, unless the, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, that was a psalm from none other than Solomon. Yes. And if there was anyone who knew about building, if there was anyone who knew about guarding, and maybe uh, to his credit or potentially discredit, if there was anyone who knew about having children, it was it was Solomon. Like he, this is true. He, he knew he knew about he knew about having children. He knew, he knew about these things. He had a few and. It's it's amazing that that Solomon. This is like his personal prayer and his personal exposition on what it's like to go through these experiences. He also knew what it was like to have a terrible home life, mm. to create Ooh. a terrible home life, and, yeah. and this is why he says, "Unless the Lord builds the home, yeah, 
You, la- you labor in vain. And he labored in vain yeah. to build a home. Yes. You know, and so he's come to the end of his life here and he's like, yeah, that was a waste of time because I tried to do it myself mm. and it turned out to be a complete and utter disaster. Yeah. But then, of course, he sees other homes that are built by God. Mm. And, of course, you know, the contrast becomes pretty quick between, you know, homes that are functional, homes that are incredibly dysfunctional, mm. uh, and where God is at the center of that home, where God is not at the center of that home. And I actually love here, I think that the second part of this verse where he talks about children is a reflection on both. It's, it's a reflection on both homes that are dysfunctional and homes that are functional. He says, despite this, Children, children are, are a reward. blessing. Children are a reward. Children are a blessing. And children bring so much joy and happiness. Have you ever noticed that the only thing a child ever does is play? Yeah. Everything is for the purpose of fun. Mm-hmm. That's all there is. There is nothing else in a child's <laughs> life. It's just like, I move from this thing that is fun to that thing that is fun. To, you know, And, of course, they're going to be things that we as adults are going to bring into their life that they're not going to see as fun. But everything that they do is for fun. And it's just mm. joyful to be around. You know, we've got uh, um, grandparent Judy this afternoon. Oh, that's so awesome. That's the best. Man, you get to hang out with the kids. That's so good. And, yep. And getting back to the, these kinds of insights as content of the Psalms, what we see here is, and, and as you're relating to it, it's like you've come to understand and relate to what Solomon is saying here because it's the experience that you've gone through as well. I, I, I've kind of been reflecting a lot, uh, you know, in terms of my, my how, how I read the Bible and how I talk about the Bible as of recently, being at this summer camp and, and preaching there to these young people. It's like, how do I let them know and give them insight, you know, about the Bible, something that they'll relate to? And, and it, 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 it is the, the theme of the Psalms we see here, people relating to, the, to their experience of God through the lens of their own life and their experiences. You know, and the high times, you know, like, like and, and the low times as well. We see that, and this is what I was kind of communicating to the kids. It's like the fact that you go through difficulties, temptations, struggles doesn't mean that, that God is far from you. Mm. Because the Psalms is all about these, these kinds of struggles. So here's an interesting thought, Lawson. Okay. Compare the content density mm. of these songs with what you would sing in church today. Oh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, mm. you sing one of these songs, by the time you finish the song, you've sung a whole sermon right there. Yeah, absolutely. These, these, are, these are songs that wrestle with issues, that praise God. There's no fluff. There's no, you know, I mean, sometimes we, we, we joke about uh, worship song writers who just spent too much time in school writing lines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> same thing over and over and over and over again. That's right. There is repetition of thought, but not repetition of words. Hmm. Um, and I think when I read these psalms, we have lost something when it comes to songwriting hmm. today. Mm-hmm. In that, so many of our songs are so lightweight mm-hmm. compared to these. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, you know, you look at Psalms one twenty seven right there. That's that's not that's that's not a lightweight psalm. It, absolutely, Solomon is absolutely getting in and he's saying, "Okay, this is how it is." Yeah. You look at Psalm seventy three, where Asaph wrestles with the concept of the prosperity of the wicked, or mm. Psalms fifty one. 
I mean, imagine singing something like that in church, mm. you know, and, and, and also understanding what David went through. Okay, so producer Shell's putting her hand up. She wants to. She wants to. What's she's, up, the, she's the musician. She's she, the person. She's the muse. She's probably going to give me a hard time now. No, not at all. I'm totally agreeing with you. Okay, and I'm finding that now that we have AI, there's a whole bunch of people who are jumping on all of the social medias and saying, "Oh, check out this song I wrote," and there's so many songs, and you're like, oh, "They did not write that song." Oh, <laughs> oh! AI, AI wrote that song because it's the the poetry and the cleverness of it, but yet the, there's no feeling, you know. Mm. And there's, there's, no there's like super super clever lyrics mm. with no soul. Mm. Oh, so what you're saying is you can tell when you hear a song that was written by oh, AI. I'm, I, I'm guessing, obviously, but I feel like I can. But you feel like you can tell. Yeah. You feel like you can tell. I'm probably, yeah. Yeah. I'm probably a whole lot more um, skeptical now that we're in that age. And you're just like, did they? You know. But it, it's it's kind of a scary thought that, yeah, you're losing all of that emotional connection. like, And especially, you know, as in today's day. See, mm. I, I don't have a, a bone of either poetry or music or song in my body. Mm. But I could write a song on AI. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And publish it. I'm and like, yeah, I wrote this song. Listen yeah. to this. Yeah, that's right. And But again, the difference between AI, what we're seeing here in the Psalms, and, and this is crucial. And the, and the reason that, that AI would feel stiff and robotic is AI hasn't has never had the experience of falling short, being convicted of your brokenness, of your faults, and then furthermore, like coming to a resolution with God, I AI can never experience. No, it can't. That. You know, it can't. furthermore, I think even even further in terms of like, I, I believe wholeheartedly. You know, I don't know where some, some people's theology regards to like beings that aren't human. Like I, I I heard someone talking one time like that that and this person it was interesting, but like they're talking about the that angels didn't have free will or something. I'm like, no, like. Every every being that God creates has free will, especially angels. Like angel sin started amongst the angels. But the like the angels who are in heaven right now, all they have experienced wrestling, but they haven't experienced sin like humanity has. And that feeling of or and that experience of falling short as humanity has, and and it's brutally brutally honest in some of these psalms like what it is that the writer has gone through and that, but furthermore how it is that god has redeemed has restored how it is that god has convicted and brought this person to you know a place of shame and, and nakedness and then f- further relating that to uh, even even to christ uh, it's mentioned here in our bible study mark chapter 12 and verse 1 and ye not read this scripture the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner this is jesus talking about how he himself and the experience that he would go to, through being rejected by the world around him and even you know as he hangs on the cross rejected by by the father that he would become the sacrifice uh, for the world and that he would not after that after his act of sacrifice continued to be rejected he's reflecting on this 
this brutal reality of his life. But it's it's amazing that the psalmist would, you know, and, and I, I, I too, uh, I too, Lyle, love Daniel and Revelation. I love prophecy. I love the information mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, in there that, mm-hmm. that we can verify our faith and we can have, we can put, we can stand our feet on the facts of prophecy powerfully. Yes. But furthermore, we can stand with these psalmists who, stood as people like you and me going through having the faults that we did going through the harsh and heavy experiences that we did yet finding solace and peace and comfort and resolve in God you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and right now it's time for our final question for today for our revive cafe cookbook which we will be drawing on friday hey give it to us la what's our final question Today. Okay, here it comes. Why didn't Esther tell the king or anyone else that she was Jewish? Oh, okay. The number to call is 0491064669 if you know the answer. So why didn't she tell anyone she was Jewish? Amazing. Hey, we've got a few text messages here as well. First, he wants Zandy says, Lawson, I'll be holding you accountable for those bike rides. Actually, actually, Zandy, good friend of mine. Thank you for that. Actually, man, yeah, jump on here. Let I'll, I'll, we can we can talk about my progress you have to explain, as well. Because yeah, you used to ride to Curry Curry, and now you don't even have to ride that, at all. I don't have to go anywhere. Just, yeah. That's right. I when when our studio was about forty k's up the road from my dorm room, I was I was biking every day. Now, um, I'm, as as was mentioned earlier, rolling out of bed and walking to our ne- next temporary studio, where like we'll be moving into a permanent studio that is literally maybe less than one hundred and fifty meters from where we're sitting right now. But uh, so, so so right the final, now the final studio will be further away than this. It'll one. be two hundred and fifty meters from my bed. Yes, right now we're about a hundred meters from my bed. We're ending up about two hundred and fifty meters from my bed. So so guys, like I am truly living by. This is a good working situation for me. But it's meant that you know less time on the bike will be spent traveling to and from work. So you're going to take all of this extra time that you are going to have this year to do study, right? Yep, mm-hmm. of course, yes. of course. Absolutely. Study, get into the books, yes. jump on those bikes as well. We've also got Deanne riding into. She says, "Happy New Year, Lyle Lawson and Shell, the Breakfast Team." And then this text message from Wayne. Let's, this is a long one. Let's read through it. I yeah, think yeah, it's def- definitely relating to what you were sharing in 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 your. Uh, in your news section. Where I talked about in the news section, I talked about how the Methodist Church has said that using the word husband or wife mm-hmm. is harmful. Yeah. And brother or sister, you know, talking, you know, because I mean, there's some churches where, uh, more traditional churches where you go and they address each other as brother and sister. I've been to churches like that. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. It's pretty cool. I call up my, my friends and like, or I see them like, Hey sister, hey brother, it's the best. Especially when you forget their names. It's, it's <laughs> the best thing ever. Like it's so good. But even in church when it's like, well, now uh brother so and so has the sermon and sister so and so is going to lead out in prayer and Powerful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. But apparently that's offensive. Hey Wayne writes in Good law good morning, L and L blessings. What an exciting start to the year. To take away marriage between male and female from the Bible would be rewriting the Bible again. The Bible is 
love in we see in the Bible love in marriage, and we see the father um, having you know a connection with male and female. Um, God's covenant would not be able to exist for the Ten Commandments speak of father and mother and children. Mm-hmm. Mountains are moving and hills are disappearing. The four angels of the four corners of the earth are surely letting go. Isaiah fifty four ten. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that have mercy on thee. After Jesus came and died on the cross, we can see God is now calling all that it, that is um, his to heaven, all that is his to heaven, just as he will call us. Just as the sanctuary which God dwells in has left the earth and, and is now in the heaven, Hebrews eight chapter two uh, sorry chapter eight and verse two, uh, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. Marriage is in the spirit. Uh, John four twenty four. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So lots of thoughts there about why marriage is so important and so central, such a central theme to the Bible as well, and God's relationship to us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as human beings, it frustrates me when we run around correcting God. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, God, you got it wrong. Mm. Um, You wrote the whole Bible in an offensive way because Mm. you made it binary when it comes to gender Mm. and you made it binary when it comes to marriage. Mm. You know, why? when, when when did we reach the point as human beings that we decided we have to correct God? And if you're going to, if you feel the need to correct God, sorry, but it, no, that's fine. But if you feel the need to correct God, why call yourself a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. Call yourself a non-Christian. And say no, I am not a Christian because I don't believe what God said. Well, and be something other than a Christian. Don't call yourself a Christian and then say that God is wrong. Mm. That makes no sense. And you know, I have far more respect for a person who says, I am not a Christian because I don't believe what God says. Mm. And somebody who says, I am a Christian and God is wrong. Yeah, well. No, you're just making yourself to be God. Okay, I've, I've no, cut you off enough it's times. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We've been talking about the Psalms here, right? We've been talking mm-hmm. about the we wrestling have. that these people go yeah. through with mm-hmm. very difficult circumstances. Yes. But their lens is always to reconcile what the truth is with God. Because they're like, okay, well, God is the pillar of truth. God is the pillar of correctness. Why would I need to correct him? And I think, okay, well, who is the first person to set this trend of correcting God? And it's none other than Satan in the garden saying to Adam, or saying specifically to Eve, did God say, you know, that you could eat of the fruit? Mm -hmm. And she says, no, we can't eat of the fruit or we'll die. Mm -hmm. And he says, you won't die. That that is that is where we see the trend of correcting God comes from. Hey, actually, God was wrong on this one. Surely you won't die. Mm-hmm. Surely you won't die. And really, and this is the difference again between Christians and, and non-Christians. This is the difference between someone who follows God and someone doesn't. Who doesn't? Someone who stands there and says, "Yes, I have struggles. I have strife. I have difficulty." But I'm going to find my resolve in God because obviously he is the pillar of truth versus someone that says, I have troubles, I have strife, I have difficulty. And God is actually, you know, incorrect on this one. He's he's not the one with the solutions. He's not the one with the answers. And he he is the one in potentially even furthermore creating problems. So 
this this is what we see. I think clear differences there, and and very much relating to what we're reading in the Psalms as well, which also very much upholds. Uh, brothers and sisters and husbands and wives as correct terminology to address people as, as it's, you know, and as we read in Psalm 127 as well about an orderly home and what that looks like, definitely the, that ideal is, is central, central yes. to these ideas. Yes. Definitely. No, go the Psalms, you know, mm. the Psalms, I mean, from one end to the other, it is, um, it is sorting out today's modern society, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. And I guess closing off our section here, we've got, got about a minute. I, I want to reflect on, well, the first psalm that is written. I, I love how it starts off because I think this psalm, psalm 1 sets up the entirety of how it is that we can relate to the psalms. It says here, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And I think if we could make a, a summary or, or give a reason as to, to why we're getting into Psalms and why it is that we should reflect on these Psalms and reflect on these messages of these people wrestling with God and coming to resolve, why is it? Because we don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. They're six verses long, that, yeah. that Psalm. Yeah. And, and, and there is so much content right there. That's right. We don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We want to walk in the way of God. And that's exactly what the Psalms is illuminating. What is the path to God? How do we get there despite our difficulties and troubles? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're joined by myself, Lawson. We've got Lyle here in the studio as well with Shell. And we have come to a time where we're not going to answer any more. Well, we're not going to, sorry, give any more questions, but we're just going to answer them. We're going to give answers. That's right. And we've been talking all about Esther throughout our quiz today. The first question here was Xerxes chose Esther as his queen. Of what nation was Xerxes the king? And what nation was that? It was the Persian Empire. Mm. And and so really you could say he was the emperor rather than the king. Yeah, that's right. Be a more the, the emperor team. of Persia. What like time period is this around when Xerxes is ruling and Esther rocks up on the scene? Okay, so Xerxes, <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one. Um, well, I'm thinking it's definitely like a post. We're looking at like yeah, a post-Daniel I'm, era. It's post-Daniel, so you're talking about the 400s BC. That's right. But but it would be it would be pre the reconstruction of Jerusalem, right? Um, oh yes, yeah. So no, it's not actually. Or no, Nehemiah has already happened by the time. Yeah, of that's Esther. right. Ah, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's post reconstruction of Jerusalem. Ah, okay. Well, we're getting we're getting the information here, guys. We wanna we wanna we don't, we wanna sort this out for you. But yeah, so they're in the Persian Empire. So then after that, before Esther, who was the queen of Persia, was Vashti. And, well, this actually, oh, okay. So at the four hundreds, so where what have we got here? Yeah, five eighteen to four sixty five BC. Go pretty much there. Yeah, so we're around that era. Now, Vashti actually gets... His, a, his reign was 486 to 465. Yeah, yeah. okay. So that way, that is pre-Reconstruction. 
Uh, that's M- during during the construction. Okay. Well, that was a, definitely a process that happened. You know, it went from Cyrus to Darius to uh, another Xerxes. Artaxerxes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then eventually we're here down in the era of Xerxes. Then yeah, we you're right. it was it was in the it was in the process. Yes, it was in the, during the process. Absolutely. Who was the queen before Esther? It was Vashti. This lady kind of gets a bad rap. Like she she was like kicked out of being queen just because she was like, I don't want to show off to your friends while you're drunk. That's, that's essentially what's going on in her story, I I, I see. That raises some controversial thoughts, though. Yeah. Because Esther became queen. Esther was chosen to be queen by God. Mm. And God arranged those circumstances. Mm. But became queen to do the opposite of Vashti. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, to be, but but it, I think it's powerful that God ultimately uses her. Oh, absolutely. Is, God no puts her in that place to yeah. to save the lives of many. In what matter was Esther chosen to be the new queen? King? Well, the, the king decreed a gathering for all the beautiful women. He's like, hey, it's look. a beauty pageant. Yeah, that's right. Queen held a beauty pageant. Simple as that. Yeah, and he, he found he found a found a beautiful companion in Esther. What was he it? found somebody that wasn't just physically beautiful? Yeah, that's it right. It was actually just a really beautiful person, and you can you can really get that sense when you read the book of Esther. Mm. Is that she is beautiful, physically beautiful. She's lovely as mm. a person, and she's strong. She's convicted. Yeah, she is a strong woman. Mm. She's not, you know. She's not a uh, a weak person by any stretch of the imagination. Neither is she ditzy or she's no. she's she is there. She's, she's a part strong. Of it. She's intelligent. Mm. She is, she involves herself in foreign policy wow. of the empire, wow. which was something that queens of that era never did mm. ever. Not only did they not do it, but it was legislated that if they would go in unannounced and try to do it, that they would be killed. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. But it's, it just fascinates me how she goes about doing it because she completely, you know, she has she has Xerxes. By the end of that whole process, she's got Xerxes wrapped around her little finger. Yeah. She, she, is, she's, she is no fool. Absolutely. She is the, the neck that turns the head. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so good. We've also got here, what was Esther's cousin's name? Of course, that was Mordecai. And, yes. and then... Uh, our final question here, why didn't Esther tell the king or anyone else she was Jewish? It was because Mordecai told her not to, which was to her benefit until the grand yeah. reveal that, hey, you know, this is this is what's going on. This is the, the lineage, the background, and this is <laughs> this is what shouldn't take place. And, and Mordecai, as you said, is is a very attestable name in oh, yes. history as a governor yes. of... What's interesting about that is we don't find the name of Esther in... Mm inscriptional history where we find the Mordecai all over the place. Mm. Um, but you can tell the story from cause and effect. You know, mm. there was created a big effect in what happened and we have the Feast of Purim down to this day. And we've come to the end of the show, Lyle. We have. It's been fantastic. It's it been is great to be back on again. Raced through. We have raced through. At lightning speed. Yeah. Warp speed. The only thing about our temporary studio here is that we... I don't know what it looks like outside. Usually we see the process of it going from, like, dark to light early in the morning, whereas... We um, are in a dungeon. We're like... We're like... If you've ever been to, like, a a movie theater before or something like that, you know, when you walk out and and things change or something, like, we are going to walk out of here and it's going to be bright. Hopefully. But, hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Got a quick text message that's coming from Wayne. He says, Basil, I summed up the law of God, summed the law of God up perfectly. 
brought this scripture to mind, Matthew 5, 18 and 18. 18, For assuredly, I say to you, to heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is Filled. Well, the problem is that we have to work under the assumption that the law is still there this morning because we have no windows where we can see heaven and earth. But most <laughs> of you have a window, so you can tell whether the law is still there or not. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. The sky, is, the sky is still there. The clouds are still floating. The law is still with us. That's it. Amen. Hey, we've come to the end of the show. And like always, you don't have to answer any questions. You just have to be quick on the phone. 0491-064-669 is the number to text for our prize for today. The next superpower by Mark Finley. We're talking about heavy politics and prophecy with Pastor Justin Lawman today. And this is definitely the book for you. If you want to see how the Bible reflects on what the end times will look like politically, well, hey, this is the book for you by Mark Finley, The Next Superpower, Ancient Prophecies, Global Events, and Your Future. But guys, thank you so much for joining us today for our first show back in 2024. Have a great day. Listen to some great programming. And remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.